Jade goes through some yucky, has a few, I just say yucky, because I think of the character she's that is in, in this scene, in the trailer park, in the trailer. There's this mm-hmm. scene with this really yucky person. And that scene in the trailer was difficult. And again, I remember exactly, I was, we were in our place, in our old place, and just sitting there. And it, it, it was really like, you know, you know, you're typing away. And then I stopped. And it was almost like, okay, are you literally, are you going to go through this gate and go down this Aki road? Or are mm-hmm. you going to play it safe and, and pull back? And yeah. I thought, no, we're going. my fellow sophisticated creatives and welcome to JCV Art Studio from the Dressing Room. My name is Susan Jane Wright. I'm the author of a soon-to-be-released thriller novel called Box of Secrets and I also write short stories and uh, nonfiction for various publications. And yes, there's been a takeover of the uh, studio. Um, Instead of Joanna Vanderplug and Ozzy, who you normally see here facing you and talking to, I will be your host today, along with my little rescue dog, Rudy. Now, we're not sure how Rudy and Ozzy are going to get along and what Ozzy will think about someone taking over his space. But if you hear a lot of barking, that's what that's all about. And we'll deal with it on our end. So the reason for this change is this. Today's guest is author, artist and podcaster Joanna Vanderflug. Joanna is launching the, uh, the uh, her second thriller. It's called Dealer's Child in uh, later this September. Yeah. And it, it's actually the second in her series, the Jade and Sage thriller series. Her first novel, of course, was uh, The Unraveling. Her short stories have appeared in the Crime Writers of Canada anthologies. And her personal essay, No Beatles Reunion, appears in Drop Threads 3, Beyond the Small Circle anthology. So, Joanna, how do you feel about Rudy and I taking over your podcast and you being relegated to the other side of the microphone? It's nerve wracking. (laughs) It's nerve wracking. I'm not surprised. I'm sweating here. (laughs) And I have have a lot of empathy for um, all my guests. I, I really do. And by the way, you are doing a fabulous job. I'm just waiting for the CBC to call you next. Well, thank you so much. Like I say, I've got a really good example to follow, and that would be you, because I've been on the other side of your microphone as well. Okay. 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 So if if, um, uh, Ozzy's okay and we're ready to move along, let me just ask you, actually, Joanna, where you find the time to write? Because I know you're working full time. You are a writer. You do novels. You do short stories. You do your podcast. You do your research for your podcast. And you're an artist with your work represented internationally in, in the States and Europe, as well as here in Canada. Where do you find the time? Oh, here's an example. Last two Fridays, like Friday, last Friday, mm-hmm. like two days ago. my sense of timing right I was probably the first Friday I honestly I sat down with my husband and said let's watch a movie okay oh my goodness yeah (laughs) it's I can't remember the last time 
he and I have sat down on a Friday night and watched a movie. Um, Without anything else or any interruptions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that's got to change. Okay, Mm -hmm. I know that's got to change. I also tend to do things, um, for example, with the art. I haven't created any art in about six weeks, seven weeks. I can't remember. So there's just times when, you know, leading up to book launch, the art is not happening, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not creating any art. This, this is Sunday. This afternoon, I'm actually going to start a drawing. And I'm just, uh, maybe I'm, I'm trying to get better at saying, this can wait. You need to mm-hmm. do something for you, you only, right? Yeah. So well, it, um, yeah. it must take a phenomenal amount of discipline to, to chop, chop up your time and not actually allow something else, like the, the little things to get in the way that normally, you know, you're thinking, why am I wasting my time on this? Yeah. That's it, Susan. Mm-hmm. How you just said it, chopping up my day and in, in segments of time. And I know when I retire, I plan... I have to follow some sort of a schedule. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, You know, you're an author. For me, early mornings and late evenings are the time to write. You know, Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking maybe if I can get into a habit of 8 a.m. when I start my day job, that Mm -hmm. 8 a.m., that's when I'll start doing some writing. That makes good sense. And I'm honest, honestly, I do not watch a lot of TV. So mm-hmm. Friday night was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're probably not missing much. But so so on, on the topic of leisure and thinking about things, I know that um, you had said at one point that when you were a child, you hated reading. Yeah. And, and I think the interesting thing about that is that people who write like to read. So somewhere along the line, you went from not liking to read to liking it so much that you were not only reading, but writing. So how, what do you attribute that to? How did you do that? Well, you know, it was the Bobsy twins. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the literally like the page turner, the book. And then it's, isn't it such a neat feeling when you find that book and you just cannot put it down. Yeah. And when you're done, it's like, where's the next one. Right. And, um, I think it was around that time, you know, mom always, yeah. So people, so people don't know we're sisters, Susan and I are sisters. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. right. I'm the oldest. You're the baby. And yes. yes. I, I was going to actually not mention that this time. I thought for once I won't throw that into the conversation, but you brought it up. So what can I say? <laughs> that's cute. So um, I remember loving that book so much that I thought, let's, and it was the, I remember it was the, maybe it's the creative side. So I, I type, not, not, I, I hand wrote the pages because I remember I was small and mm-hmm. our other sister, Linda, went to your place yeah. in Courtney and yeah. cutting out construction paper and then writing the story on it. Like that, that was really cool. And, you know, we talk about other things later, but that literally, and sewing the binding, that's yeah, book I remember design. seeing that little book. Yeah, that's book design right there. So I think it's, it, it just, I don't want to say it happened, but I think I was just so grabbed by the Bobsy twins that I wanted to put my own story down. Sure. On paper. sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was called the ripped kimono. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds intriguing, actually. So when we're thinking about the books, then we'll sort of fast forward from way back then when you were a child writing your first books yeah. to this most recent book. Can you tell us a little bit about The Dealer's Child and what, what it's about without obviously telling us the kicker in the end? Yeah, well, I've mentioned I think I've mentioned before that I'm a huge Ozarks fan huge Mm -hmm. fan and is it jason or justin bateman who's the the oh yeah justin bateman yeah oh my god that guy and um i love that internal conflict i love that that conflict where you take he's an accountant yes take someone your average person and just what how much 
like uh, stress mm-hmm. and situation do you put on them to see them turn? I love that. I yeah. love that, that character flaw. So you asked me about, so that was part of it. Like what mm-hmm. brought me to. Yeah. To what is, to, what is the dealer's child about as far as roughly? Okay. So thinking about Ozarks and drugs, thinking about the um, fentanyl crisis in Vancouver, yeah. Yeah. huge crisis. And it's not only Vancouver, it's, I just it's think everywhere. it's everywhere. Right. So um, it, I wanted to bring drugs into the, the situation. And so then what Jade finds herself up against is someone's out for revenge on Jade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, things are happening to Jade in the sense of um, houses are burning down. Okay. Yes. Uh, you have the classic, chase scene which I absolutely love writing okay I love writing chase scenes um and so Jade and Sage are both trying to figure out why their house is being burnt and why their father Charles has supposedly died of a drug overdose when when they don't think he ever took drugs like they they've had always this very strange relationship with Charles because he never wanted them to call him dad or father. Mm-hmm. So um, they're trying to figure out, no, you know, even though we've had this strained father relationship, our father, this father of ours would not take would not overdose from drugs. So who was he hanging around with? How did drugs even get into his house? Right. And as they look into this more that's when things are starting to happen to them. And they're realizing that, okay, there's a lot more going on here. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically writing, literally writing scenes across that Johnson street bridge. Mm -hmm. Is it Johnson street? No. Yeah. Johnson street bridge thinking about the drugs and thinking about Charles and him overdosing. So did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, you did. Actually, you answered kind of two questions I had at the same time. One was, what was the the, uh, dealer's child about? And where did the seed of the idea come from? And you were basically saying, you know, that it started, you're thinking about the Ozarks pressure on a person character, as well as the the drug overdose problem that is endemic across the entire country. And, And then the mystery that you just described, which was Charles would not do this. Yeah, and I I've read the book. I thought it was a fantastic book. So my my I, I the way you kind of layer your way through, you know, we first we find this question, and then we ask ourselves this question, and then other questions are coming up, and, and there are some remarkable things in in your book, which again I don't want to uh, um, ruin for the audience, but it's like I, I just wanted to congratulate you on that. So let me ask you another question: when when you were writing the book, were there unique challenges for you in writing the that book? Because it's it's a uh, it's an interesting book. So any unique challenges that you can think of that were um, yeah. thrown in front of you? Yeah, there, I want, Jade goes through some yucky, has a few, I just say yucky, because I think of the character she's in this scene, in the trailer park, in the trailer, there's this mm-hmm. scene with this really yucky person. And that scene in the trailer was difficult. Um, and again, I remember exactly, I was, we were in our old place and just sitting there and it, it was really like, you know, you know, you're typing away. And then I stopped and it was almost like, okay, are you literally, are you going to go through this gate and go down this Aki road or are you mm-hmm. going to play it safe and, and pull back? Yeah. And I thought, no, we're going, you know, and it's just, I remember writing that scene and I just, and, and, and you're in it. Mm-hmm. And after I was done, I remember thinking, I got to take the dog for a walk now. I got to yeah, go yeah, for yeah, a walk, yeah. right? Because, mm-hmm. and just walking with them and just feeling, Ugh, okay, mm-hmm. that's how I felt. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Because she goes through that, I also want, to show the other hard thing I find that was hard was showing her as vulnerable, mm-hmm. showing her trying to cope with this situation without her coming across as being a weak 
person. Okay. So, and there were times like there, I think there are a couple of times where she, I have her, she says, I felt ashamed. Mm -hmm. And as I was going through doing the proofs, she says it twice. And I remember at one point I read her, I read, I read her, yeah, I read her saying it a third time. And I thought, no, she's not weak. And I was concerned that if I had her saying a third time later on in the book that she was ashamed, that she would come yeah. across as weak. Right. Yeah. And she is yeah. not weak. She's just, she's coping, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the thing, trying to make character vulnerable without them coming across as being weak yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a fine line to uh, walk to to yeah. try to stay stay on track with that so we, we've talked a little bit about jade's character she's the key character and I'm, I'm hopping around a little bit in the questions i wanted to ask you because you we spent a fair bit of time on jade is jade your alter ego <laughs> see i could be a lawyer like she she is I can. Well, she's a criminal lawyer, right? Yeah. I, you know, if I knew back in the time, I, I could see being a lawyer giving legal opinions. Sure. Because I used to work for a lawyer, an incredibly nice lawyer who uh, writes legal opinions with respect to health matters. Yes. That would be cool. I could see doing that because in a way also that's kind of writing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 You do your research, you make it work together and you make it uh, understandable to the reader. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I know she makes. Okay. So I had an incident this week myself where I was a bit too trusting. Uh, I had let my guard down. Yeah. And um, if I was in Victoria in here, I let my guard down um, in the sense that I opened the door when I really shouldn't have opened the door. Nothing happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the other party was at fault and should never have knocked on the door. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had said to my spouse, if I was in Victoria, the city, I would never have opened that door. Right. Ah, yes. yes but you feel safer because you're in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Smaller center. Yeah. Yeah. So Jade, um, Jade and I make mistakes like that. And it was mm-hmm. fun, interesting because my husband had said to me the other day, you're, you're a little too trusting you know and i mm-hmm. thought oh my god sage says the exact same thing yeah in, yeah in the book to to yeah. jade so is she my alter ego yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i i guess but i don't ride a motorcycle and i won't ever ride a motorcycle so i think i think she's pretty cool that she rides yeah, a bike. yeah 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 and she gets to do the things that you kind of wouldn't mind doing, but you're thinking, I'm too sensible for this. Yeah. yeah. I would never go in that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. Well, she had a mission, right? She needed yeah. to do something. She had something to do there. And so she went yeah. and then things happened. Yeah. So uh, on the on the sort of the point of character, characters, and we're talking about Jade herself, but let's talk about characters in general. How do you develop characters? And um, um, how much work do you go through to develop characters in general? Okay. Um, I know s- some authors um, will do like a three-page questionnaire. Yeah. Mm, I'm not that disciplined at all. Um, let's, I guess I kind of like to discover them as I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And um, there are two. It's interesting because maybe because of Jade being an alter ego, I always feel like she's been in my back pocket. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same with Sage. Okay. So I think I think they are two characters which maybe I would like if I, if I had if I was like you say more courage to be like, okay? I would love to be like Sage one day and just you know, like she can do things that mm-hmm. I would never do. You know, she is but anyways, okay. But with Jillian, who's the new character, who's going to be in book 3. Jillian with a G and with Adam, I'm kind of learning about them as I go. I do want to, I know with book three, I'm going to get deeper into with Adam and with Jillian Mm -hmm. and Jillian. I have to say when I just started writing about her, she came to life and I've Mm -hmm. never had that experience before where she just came to life. And I thought, okay, this, this, this character, she's cool. Okay. She's really cool. And she's smart. Like I, (laughs) She's, 
I'll say she may come across as a girly girl, but she is smart, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So I'd say I I learn about them as I go. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is interesting because you introduced a new character. You just mentioned his name, Adam, young husband, and um, he's a new male lead. Like he's 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 a strong character that comes through here. And he seems to be the opposite of Osmond. Yeah. Well, for obvious reasons that you know in the book. Yeah. So um, how did you come up with him as a character? And um, why did you think you needed him in your book? Okay. So I wanted Sage to have, like, Osmond's like this rogue, this cop, this, you know, type of guy, which may not be good for Jade. Okay. Yes. But Adam, he's he's like a rock. He's strong and he's like a rock. And what I want, wanted to do was to have an understated male lead. Mm-hmm. And I remember years back when I was when I was trying to write romance. <laughs> I still laugh. <laughs> Actually, it's a lucrative market. I mean, I don't think we, we, we don't need, there's so many different variations of romance, romance, suspense, romance, yeah. like Dracula, a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, go ahead with that. But I suck at it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, but with, I remember when I was trying to write, my, I would get feedback from editors that my male lead, now this is about 20 years ago, that my okay. male lead um, did not come across as strong enough or he didn't really fit that alpha role. And I remember thinking, well, I don't like guys that are that alpha, you know? And I think of like my husband, he's strong, but he's not Osmond, okay? Yeah. You know, um, I I don't want that alpha male. You know, I, I don't want that guy who um, just walks out and slams the door. Like, no, if you do that, Bye-bye. Right. <laughs> Stay out there. Yeah. Yeah. So um I wanted to show that a hero or a strong male lead doesn't necessarily have to be, as our mother used to say, a macho guy, right? Like, yeah. and like what was so cool is showing Adam as being the strong guy, yet he drives a Morris minor and he just yes, knows, yes. he mm-hmm. stalls it at one point, which I to me. I, that's neat that's cool that's human right yeah that's right that's yeah. right and, and it says something about the man is not doesn't see himself and his ego reflected in his car yeah yeah okay so it, it well it's interesting just seeing the, the development of adam through here and it'll be fun to see him in the next next uh in the series so let me ask you a question then about plot because we talked right. about characterization and how you you they your characters develop um, almost in front of your eyes as you're going along. What about plot? There are some people who, who, uh, and apparently lawyers are bad for this, who write their plot down to the nth degree. So they know what's going to, before they even put the first word on the page, they know exactly what's going to happen in every single chapter, in every single scene. And then there are other people who just open their laptops and go. What kind of uh, plotter are you? Okay, Susan, just one second, because I think Ozzy has figured out that um, Rudy's Rudy's hanging around. Yeah, just one moment. Sure. Okay. Gosh, do I plot. Um, It's interesting because the first book, I don't think I plotted it. I think I I was a pants. I was a pantser with the first book. And for people who don't know, pantser is someone who writes by the seat of their pants. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then with Dealer's Child, I did the same thing. And then I got to a point where I started writing down the scenes so mm-hmm. I could see how the story was playing out. Mm-hmm. And um, with book three, okay, uh, so I'm already getting ideas together for book three and I'm writing them down. I am going to do, I was thinking about it this morning, thinking about this podcast. And I would say I'm writing more of a super rough synopsis right now as okay. to what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and I also know that the ending may change. I'm, I may not even know the ending when I start writing this, the third book. Oh, but that's I'm, interesting. But what I'm trying to do is I'm going to take 
three vacation days in November, because that's when the big nano, is it NaNoWriMo? Nano yeah, yeah. I never get that right. Yeah, right? yeah. Where you just you sit and you try after three days to just crank out 50,000 words, right? Yes. So I'm trying to get as much, and this is what I've read. They said, if you want it to be successful, you try to research, plot, plan your story ahead of time. So mm-hmm. book three, that's what I'm going to try to do is so I'm at book three. I'm trying to, I am trying to not necessarily, I don't want to say plot because I, I just get my idea, get my broad, literally synopsis together and then just go. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that. So maybe a mix of both. Okay. 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 So how and- about you? Are you, are you a plotter? Um, it's funny. I have a rough idea of where the story is going to go. And sometimes okay. I, I almost know how the ending, well, I know the, the a critical scene. Okay. And, and actually it usually starts that way where there's something, that, there's just a scene in my head that I keep thinking this would be really good in a book. Yeah. And, then, and then I try to work around how I'm going to get there. Yeah. But um, uh, so I'm working on my second book right now. And I ran into a, a situation where I thought, I'm not so sure if this is the way this would work in, because I'm a lawyer yeah. And I use my legal background as a sort of a rough framework for how my main character, who's a, a, a lawyer, yeah. would act. And, and it gets into the situation of when she comes up against something, how far beyond or will she push the boundaries? And, and then just trying to think about yeah, but would the real world work this way? Because I think, you know, you we both know that you, you can't go too far off of loopiness, you know, because yeah. this isn't a science fiction story. So it's yeah. there's got to be some credibility to how these events unfold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, t- I tend to have a rough plot, okay. I think, and just go from there. But uh, uh, yeah, so let's just talk about writing then. When we're talking about writing, and you were talking about when you like to write, uh, that you like the mornings and you like the late evenings. So let me ask you about just writing itself as an experience. Are there things that you like about writing that are really, really your favorite things, your best things? And then what are the things that you don't like about your writing experience? The best I had one four weeks <laughs> ago and I scribbled it down and yes. it was it was just a matter of and I have to keep walking when I retire I have to keep walking because that's when the creativity happens when I, and I remember yeah. you telling me famous authors you had heard who walked and that's yeah. when they did the writing so it was out walking the dog he stopped in the grass we all know what he was doing. <laughs> yes. And uh, I just, I looked up at the sky and it was a day where there was this breeze and the clouds, it's like the clouds were just, mm-hmm. they were smeary. They mm-hmm. were like smears mm-hmm. and they were like racing across the sky. And I saw that and I thought, that is cool. And I thought mm-hmm. of this line, like this line just popped in my, literally popped in my head. And I yeah. thought, I've got to write that down. Got to write yeah. that down, and it didn't. It didn't make it into book two, but it's going in book three, and mm-hmm. those moments are golden. Like I, yes. they're just golden, right? And um, or else it's things I hear people say. Where I'm, I'm sure. Have you had it where you'll be in a coffee shop and you'll just hear someone say something, and you'll your eyes almost like go. Mm-hmm. I have to use that. <laughs> You yeah, have yeah. to use that, and you're trying to repeat it to yourself, so you don't so you don't forget, forget it. it. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. those, those to me, uh, those moments, just yeah, that that's pretty cool. So, so what about the opposite? What about the things that are your least favorite things about the writing experience? I'd say, I'd say it's not this moment, like with you and me, mm-hmm. but it's it's like the book dealer's child is being printed now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's wondering how it's going to be received. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My idea of the story, did I get it down well enough that it'll be received well, or people will like it. Um, that that's, that's, that's the part, right? Where like this moment now where it's, it's not, it's like, how's it going to be received? Mm-hmm. So the one I had, and I have to give a shout out to her, Deborah Purdy Kong, her podcast, just like when people hear this one, it just, it dropped last week. 
mm-hmm. it will have dropped last. It'll be the one just before this one. Okay. And she said, and I'm going to paraphrase her. And I know I, I'm, I'm just butchering what she had said, but she had, cause I had asked her about whether it was difficult, any challenges between book one, two, she's written over 10 books. Mm-hmm. And she said, she looks at it as each book. She wrote that book to the best of her ability with the best energy she had at that time. And this basically in the circumstances she was in at that time. And then she said, and that's something to be proud about. And I just thought, and I could told her, I said, that needs to be on a pillowcase, you know? And so that's knowing how I'm feeling now, that's what I keep telling myself. You've written the best book that you can in the best time with the best energy and the best and the circumstances you are in now. Right. So So what you've done is you've given your best self to your readers. I, I really, yeah, yeah. And so, and I think that's important because when you read about some of the, like, and I'm not saying that we begrudge uh, writers who do really, really well. I mean, anyone who can write and create an audience for themselves and a readership for themselves and, and put that energy in deserves credit. But some of them have admitted that some of their books were not up to standard, yeah. you know, and I've, I've read different interviews where they've said, you know, for whatever reason, this one came out. And, and as I look back, I know it's not my best work. But I was on deadline. I had to get something out. And, you know, and my publisher expected it because I put out one a year, every year and all that yeah. stuff. And some of them are, are great and some of them are not so good. Yeah. So, you know, what we do, I think, as you said, is we, we're, we're starting out. I'm starting out trying to get the best we can put forward. And, and you know, it, it'll go out there and we'll do whatever and on to the next one. Yeah. 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 So when you were talking about writing and you talked about 20 years ago doing things, I know you tried to publish The Unraveling with a traditional publisher 20 years ago, so roughly in that time frame. And now you've changed gears and and you're an indie author with your own publishing imprint, thank God. And so um, um, what I was going to ask you about that was what is your biggest challenge when you think about indie authors, authors writing compared to traditional writers or just being an indie author, what's what's the biggest challenges they face? I, I think, I don't know, some other authors, indie authors may think differently, mm-hmm. but I've, I've had experiences where a person didn't take me seriously. You know, it was with the unraveling, you know, when I was trying to, to, to get it in the bookstore, this, this bookstore and the, the words that came out of this person's mouth was uh, now there's a, there's a happy ending to this. And I think all writers will appreciate this. So mm-hmm. um, I had asked if I could have the unraveling right. Yeah. In her bookstore. And her first comments were, did you publish that on Am- Amazon? Did you publish it through Kindle? And I went, yeah. And she goes, we don't carry anything that is self-published through Kindle in this bookstore. And oh, you're kidding. This mm-hmm. is a secondhand bookstore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Monroe's took it in Victoria. Yes. yes. Okay. Because they like to promote indie authors. Okay. Exactly. Um, exactly. You've been in Bullen Books. They mm-hmm. took it. Okay. Yeah. 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 And what I, I didn't care for was you've judged me. Yeah. Before you've even read the back blurb. Like I can, I, I can understand, I understand that my writing may not appeal to everybody. I mean, we're all different. That's mm-hmm. the same with art, right? Yes. Yes. So um, that's what I thought. I thought you've just, you've judged me before you even asked me anything about what the story is about, you know? Or and that actually, that is such an old fashioned attitude. I think that, yeah. that um, people who think that um, have not caught up with the changes in the publishing industry. One of the, the like a hugely successful romance writer who's sold 5 million book plus books uh, so far. She's got, I don't know how many, like 20 or something, and is making a pile of money doing it incidentally, is, is doing it herself, self-published. She's always self-published. She always publishes on Amazon. She she does her book funnel thing, the whole nine yards. And, and her readers love her. Okay. So if people love reading this, then yeah. who is this other person to sort of be snooty about it and say, oh, no, we don't carry that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay then. Yeah. So you know what I did? <laughs> Me being an author. There's you a put her in your book. book. I put her in my book. <laughs> I took that character trait and I thought, okay. <laughs> right? yes. You know? 
guess what? And away I went. So no, it's actually that is the neat thing. You get to to deal with these things in different yeah. ways. They may not recognize themselves, but it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that you know, I don't want to dwell on the negative. But no, there are still. You said it right. You said it very nicely, Susan. There are some with old-fashioned attitudes, and mm-hmm. I just—it's like with anything in life, anything yeah. in life, not just even with writing. Don't judge someone before you've even had a chance to understand what exactly. what, what what their exactly. art represents, or yeah, or else if you oh. see it, like mm-hmm. I'm just thinking with art, you know, you may say, okay, I don't quite get that, but I'm not going to just trash it right yeah so, exactly yeah. well and, and that actually that lack of of openness to to the world which is changing so fast i mean yeah. it, it was changing before it's now on sort of rocket fuel to have people who are still clinging to this is the way i always do things in the end they're the ones who lose out and yeah. it's unfortunate and we just move on without them yeah. so speaking of moving on into different new things yeah. um i noticed just before you sat down and of course people watching this won't have seen this yet yeah. that you have come out with t-shirts that are titled um hashtag team jade yeah that's a different marketing approach and so i was just going to ask you a can you show us the t-shirt yeah. and b what what caused you to do that <laughs> okay okay here we go i'll hold it up so there we go. Hashtag Yay. Yeah. I can see it. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> right. And actually, hashtag Team J. I've got the book here. If I can show oh, it. Oh, good. Good, good. It's, uh, which chapter is it? It is chapter 31. Okay. Yes. So two things. Um, two, I had, so two thoughts. Again, I'm going to, I'm mentioning another name, Gordon Mott. His podcast was the, the second one, the one before Deborah Purdy. And people are still talking about his book, Indie Published, Lithuanian Lullaby. And it's six months later. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, like you, wow. If people could is are still talking about your book six months mm-hmm. later, that that you're doing something right. Right. So, and then another thought was I had. Bill Morrison, who uh, great at marketing, and he was on the podcast. And I had asked him about, can I, an indie author, compete with a big five publisher? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, but don't do what the big five are doing because you're right. not the big five. You don't have those resources. So with those two thoughts in mind, I thought, how can I get people talking about your book if they've never seen your book? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why I came up with the t-shirt, right? Because it cool. And so then what I'm doing is with the t-shirt, $5 from each t-shirt is going to the ALS society. I thought, right. let's make it, you know, I have personal reasons for the mm-hmm. ALS society. Mm-hmm. And I thought, let's make this a completely positive experience. So yes, what does Team Jade stand for? It's, you know, heroin in my book. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be something the heroin would do, you know, yes. supporting others. And um, I thought it would be an interesting, so like six months from now, someone sees me with this t-shirt on and they ask me, what's hashtag Team Jade? Mm-hmm. You're talking, you're having a conversation about the book. Sure. You know? So, sure. so I thought, let, let's try this, you know, cause I'm not a big five. I don't have the resources, <laughs> you know? So in a smaller scale, how can I still bring up a conversation about the book? Sure. Sure. You're, you're giving your readers a way to find you. Yeah. Yeah. Just by asking the question that, that, oh, that's an interesting t-shirt. Who's Jade? You know? Yeah. 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 Now, if I can get my husband to wear one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well that's true I mean that's the other side of it is getting our spouses on board although I have to admit my husband's really quite interesting he actually got me the location for my book launch by talking to the bookstore that I'm going to be launching and I'll send notes out to everybody yeah. and saying to them oh by the way my wife who they know her book's coming out and they said oh well, why don't she launch here and he, said, yeah. okay, fine. And he comes home and says by the way <laughs> you're yeah, launching well, over there that's excellent okay. isn't that a wild yeah well, so they're very supportive I got to admit, yes, Ed is very supportive. Um, 
he has joked that, okay, your book mule is home. You got another book. I think I sold one for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, when you showed us your cover, and I'm going to ask you to show us the cover of your book again. And the reason I want to bring it up is you're an artist and you're doing something else that's unconventional. You're actually doing your own covers, which is not typical in traditional publishing. Traditional publishing, they take your, your manuscript, your editors work with you on it. It's changed. Somebody somewhere else in the art department is coming up with one or two versions of the cover based on their understanding superficially what your book is. And normally authors are stuck with that. Yeah. And I've talked to other authors who said they've been at a certain publishing house and they didn't like the covers they got stuck with until they changed the publishers or, or went to an indie publisher because they were and they were trapped with these horrible covers. So yeah. tell us about why you wanted to do your own cover. Yeah. Um, just where that came from. Two things like I've made mistakes. Um, I'm not saying the covers were bad. Like I mm -hmm. think of the unraveling. I love, oh, I love that cover. Mm -hmm. I love that cover, but yeah. it's whether the person who walks into chapters and sees that book will understand what's that about. Like they may yeah. walk past and go, oh, that's a cool cover and mm -hmm. keep going. Right. Yeah. So uh, whether they understand, because that alley was actually a scene in the book. That's right. Okay. So, um, so I, I've made mistakes. Um, this cover. Okay. So this, this one here, we've got a lady, mm -hmm. actually, this is a real person. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, she is from, her name is Ren and she is from the UK, but she's in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I purchased the photo from the photographer. I asked her, she put me in contact with the photographer and it's just I thought this is dark. Like that's a dark night. Dark and yes. what's it? What's that? What's that cliche? Dark and stormy night. Well, it's not stormy, yes. but it's, it's yes. dark, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I thought that is cool, and I, I thought of, and oh, my names are so bad right now. She wrote right. mystery, the mystery series, which each book had the letter on it. I could think of Ellis for oh Alice, yeah Sue Grafton, who's passed. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Sue Grafton, A is for Alibi. You saw those books. You knew exactly who, yeah, what, what series it was, who the author was. And I thought, I want to do something like that, where if someone sees. So that's why Dan Raveling has gone through a few changes. Okay, so yeah. there's now a, a bike in the shadow. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to try to incorporate a bike somehow in the cover, because mm -hmm. riding a bike is so much part of Jade and Sage. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So I know I'm breaking rules, designing my own cover. I am trying to learn as I'm mm -hmm. going to make them better. Um, but it, Susan, it stems back to me being 10 or 11 and making books. I, I did that. I did the covers. I typed on mom's typewriter. I then cut out the paper to make it the book size, typed mm -hmm. on it again, right? Mm -hmm. Ate too many chocolates one Christmas. And, <laughs> and with saran wrap until Linda got in there with the fasteners, I mm -hmm. made the book. Mm -hmm. So whether it's me being, a con being controlling, but I am not letting go of that creativity that I used to do as a kid. You know, yeah, yeah. that's just, I, I can't let that go. You know, yeah. that's, I did that as a kid. No, yeah. no, that's fantastic. Actually, that, no. that you know, you're, you're putting so much of yourself into your book. You're not handing it off to other people who are then uh, not as connected yeah. with with everything that, that went into that book, as you said, right back to your childhood. I, yeah. I think that's a great story. Just a great yeah. story. Now, when we're talking about the book process, one of the things that that comes to mind is the relationship with an editor. Yeah. And uh, I believe your editor, Pip, has edited both of your books, The Unraveling and Dealer's Child. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with her, because that's actually an interesting and different relationship from any other relationship that most people have with their colleagues. Yeah, I trust her. I trust so trust her. And she, oh, my God, <laughs> she puts up with me and my spelling. Okay, <laughs> I will say it, me and my spelling. And this last one. With the hyphen, the N dash, mm -hmm. and the M 
dash. Okay. Is there an N dash? I know yes. the M dash. It's dash quote quotes, right? So the M E M is yeah. a dash that's as long as supposedly the letter M. Okay. So this, oh, I, see. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is all also from work. Okay. With, mm -hmm. with my work with regulations, the N dash is the length of the letter N. Okay? Yes. And then you have the hyphen. Oh, well, I got, got them all over your book, have you? I got them all mixed up. Okay. Yes. I got them all mixed up. And so then near the end, when we were doing the edits and I had the PDF with her comments, oh, I felt bad for her because then she was writing hyphen, the shortest one. And I'm like, okay, I got that. Right. I got that, you know? M yeah. dash, the longest one. And I thought, oh my gosh, because she went through, right? And she sure. highlighted them, you know. And uh it's it's how she, her approach, you know, like I'll have a sentence and then you know, she'll write something a bit clunky, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. so I gotta look at this. And I'm like, yeah, it is a bit clunky, it is clunky, mm -hmm. right? I've I've got to like trim this up a bit, like fix this. Yeah. Or else, um, I remember once with one line, I said to her, with this character that's going into book three, um, I told her, I said, you know, I'm describing her and I'm, I'm walking and I'm thinking, the, like I say, Jade remembers this character when she had braces, braids, and I said, I wanted a fourth B, you know, mm -hmm. and I couldn't think of a fourth B. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm walking Aussie and I'm thinking about, okay, what, 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 what's another B she could have? And I had mentioned this and then Pip said, Barbies, you know, and I thought, okay, that, that works. Yeah, she could, she did that. Okay. So she had braces, braids and Barbies, you know, cause I wanted, you know, you, I want yeah, the alliteration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also reading things where she'll highlight and say, okay, this sentence sentence and she'll say versus, and she'll suggest a sentence, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like, every sentence is better. Yeah. It's yeah, much yeah. shorter, you know, and what, she also is, so she's an editor, but she's also a, I think the term is sensitivity editor. Like she's, oh, yes. you know, and um, yeah, that's, I'm very. That's important. That yeah. is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, cause like you said, the world is changing so fast mm -hmm. and um, yeah. So it. Well, yeah. And you're trying to be respectful of your readers. Yeah. 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 And so you don't want to just out of ignorance, put your foot in your mouth and then they're, and they're, they're totally turned off because that's yeah. not intention. Right. We're not no. we don't we don't want to do that. We're trying to be an inclusive um, uh, experience. Yeah. And so just having that second pair of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she's actually she's funny, too, because yeah. I've, I've used her, she's worked to edit my first book. And um, she'll say some things in the margins. And at first when I didn't know, like I didn't know her very well. And she'd make yeah. a comment. There's, there's one place where I see something about a twisted birch or something, I banging against the window. And she said, when I first read that, I thought it was a bird. And so she said she was having this horrible image of a mangled bird walking oh, against no. the window. And, and I thought, does she want me to change it? And then I went, no, she's actually just making a comment that sometimes she'll do that. And and as you're reading along, you're going, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done that where I've like, I've been working and then Ed will see me working and he'll see the list of comments, right? And I'll be laughing. And he goes, what's so funny? And I said, no, this comment, this comment. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I so appreciate the work she's done. And I, I think you feel this too, Susan, when you hand over your book and to an editor and she has as much invested, she mm -hmm. invests as much. Like she has such an invested interest. Yeah. And you being shown at your best, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's right. what, the, what blows me away is someone else is is invested in this too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a great partnership that way. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of, of maybe moving a little bit beyond the idea of book writing to podcasting, because you are a podcaster and you've done a phenomenal number of podcasts. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, how long have you been doing it? And what is it about the podcast that you are most proud of? Mm, there's a few there's a few things um but how long have you done it I've done it about a year and a half now the year okay. anniversary was last October 
Mm-hmm. So hold on. That would be two years coming up. Two years. Jeez Louise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's okay. It's I gotta think of the two. So I have a few examples. Um, having, I had an author on who was from Switzerland, who's working in oh. Japan. Mm-hmm. And after we aired her podcast, she messaged me and she said, I sold three books, you know, right off that. Excellent. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. I hope people understand. I can't, I can't guarantee book sales. Okay. No. I can't guarantee. I'm not Oprah. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm not Oprah. Um, but I try, I'm proud about it because I'm trying to give authors exposure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I had another author who emailed me and he said that another major outlet contacted him because what he did is he took our podcast and he emailed it to, like he said, to a generic email address at this network. Oh, fantastic. Uh, lady listened to it and contacted him and said, send me a copy of your book. I want mm-hmm. to read this. This sounds interesting. So fantastic. You know, if I can be that vehicle to kind mm-hmm. of help people get some get exposure for their yeah. books, because I, yeah. I think, as Canadians, we or not, we got to do a better job promoting ourselves. Like I've got to, yeah. you know, we got we have to promote ourselves more, <laughs> right? Uh, more yeah. our own people, right? Yeah. So yeah, Canadian writers, you're right, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, that's an interesting point because one of the things I've seen and I've heard Canadian writers say is that their American publishers and their American agents keep telling them, "You're going to have to relocate this the great story, but don't put it in Victoria or Vancouver. Put it in Seattle." Yeah. And and the writers are saying. Why would you say that? Yeah. Uh, and and so it sounds to me like what you're saying is that Canadian writers deserve to be promoted as strongly as anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So those are my proud moments. If, if I can help, you know, get uh, an author exposure or, you know, or and then the other moments are, like I said, when De- when I have when I had Deborah Purdy Kong on and mm-hmm. literally I just wanted to sit and say, talk. Talk. Yes, you know, yes. a lady who has forty years writing experience, and yes. it's like just just talk. <laughs> I want to see what I can learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. and, and actually, your audience is the same way. Many of us are just, are just hanging on every word, so yeah. you know, we we appreciate that from the perspective of us also learning. Because I listen to your podcast, obviously listen to your podcast, and I'm always learning something. There's at least one thing that comes by where I go, oh, I have to remember that and write that down. Yeah, because yeah. you can learn from so many people when they're when they're telling you about their experience because they're just they're opening up their hearts to you yeah yeah Yeah. okay so here here's my last question for you this is a question that you um um always ask your writers and i love the way they are they are they're always coming back to you on that but what you say to them so this is why i'm saying back to you picture yourself sitting in your favorite cafe having your cappuccino or whatever it is that you want to have and the door opens and in walks genie and she comes in and she sits down next to you, what would she say to you and what would you say back? So give us a little blurb as to who Jeannie is because we haven't had a chance to read it. And then tell us about that conversation because she's a new character. Jeannie, so in book one, Sage, Jade and Sage, I, ref, I would make reference to their mom would show up in crucial situations. Like one of my favorite scenes in the Unraveling is when Jade is running, she trips and a tree branch comes down. The mom, the ghost, grabs the tree branch. I love this scene. And yeah. turns to Jade and says, "Run!" Right? Mm-hmm. And then the mom, the ghost, mm-hmm. flings the, the tree branch back. I love that yeah. scene. So Jeannie is actually Jade's mom. And credits mm-hmm. to Pip, she checked that I didn't name Jean, the mom in the first book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Jeannie, oh gosh, she walks into the cafe. She was fun to write. And I hope I did 1968 justice. Okay. <laughs> I was a wee child in 1968. So, um, gosh, Jeannie came in. I think she would say to me, Do I get more time in book three? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And that, that's something I'm kind, of, I'm kind of playing with myself. Is Jeannie going to come back in book three? And I think Jeannie would also be wondering, does she get more time in book three? Or does Oscar? Yeah. You know who Oscar is. Yeah, yeah, does yeah. Oscar get more time. Is Oscar going to get more time than me in book three? I think that's mm-hmm. what she would say. And I don't know yet. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the interesting thing is you've got these characters in your head yeah. and you don't know what the answer is. Yeah. You know, and people, I think people think that some, well, some authors know everything about everybody. Right. But um, you're, you've got somebody that you've created who's become so alive yeah. in your imagination that you can't say with hundred percent certainty, this is what she'll do. Yeah. You know, and so you're sort of stuck there. It's, it's a challenge and it's lovely. Yeah, I know. I really do like, like near the end of the book, mm-hmm. I really do like the relationship between Oscar and Norman. Yeah. And I, thanks to Pip, those Norman coming more back in the book, Norman was Knox. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. He, Norman kind of goes off the deep end in book one and, and, and is Knox. And he comes back in book two. And I had Pip and Carol Ann saying to me, do we see more of Norman? Do we mm-hmm. see more of Edith? You know, and, and comments. So yes. Norman and Jade and Oscar. Yeah. Book three and Jeannie. I'm sorry, Jeannie. I'll, I'll have, we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. The jury is out. What can I say? Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything that I may have missed or that you've been dying to say on your own podcast when you're the guest, not the host? <laughs> um, again, you're doing a great job. You're oh, doing thank a you. great job, Susan. I've had a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything I'd like to say? Um, well, my social media is the jcvartstudio.net. That's the website. And that'll appear, will it, on the on the podcast at the, whatever those notes are? So the notes are, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, JCV. Art Studio is the Instagram link. Uh, anything I'd like to add? Thank you for doing oh, this. Welcome. This this was fun. Once I kind of, yes. kind of it was great. So before you get before we get to the thank yous, let me ask you this: When is your book launching, and where is it launching? Okay, so September eighteenth. There's a visit, like a real launch. Mm-hmm. World. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah world is so off its axis right now okay just <laughs> give me a saturday afternoon <laughs> so saturday 18th uh one to four it's going to be at the coast victoria hotel right and it's it's a little bit more elaborate than the last one because i thought you know, we know <laughs> deserve it the world oh, yeah. is, well, the people deserve something something fun. nice yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I'm going to also have a virtual launch too. Oh, that's a good idea. For people like me, I really wanted to come out and I'm just not going to be able to swing it. Our pro- we, We're in Alberta, for those who don't know, and we are just having the worst time with COVID and I just don't think it'd be fair. Yeah. So uh, I just want to just hang tight. Everyone's staying close to home. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so September, October, yeah, September 18th, 18th in Victoria. Coast Hotel, Victoria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And October 2nd, I'm just figuring out that's this weekend. I'm going to figure out dates and times because I'm kind of also thinking about some time zones, right? Oh, yes, and, of course. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be October 2nd, the virtual <laughs> launch. Um, yeah. And uh, that's about it. And Great. I, yeah. And it's been Oz- fantastic. It's been fantastic having you in the studio. Oh, right. So Ozzy and I can get back our podcast now. Hey, yes, you can. Yeah, the drapeover is done. We will retreat quietly to the corner. Yeah. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Okay. Thank so you so much. much. Okay. Bye bye.